الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد Respected elders and dear brothers, on July 12th, the first five scientific images taken by the JW Space Telescope were released to the public. The level of detail that these images have revealed has far exceeded expectations of astronomers and the scientists and we are all perhaps quite familiar of the buzz and the level of excitement that it created in certain circles. Now, before we speak about these images and before we speak about this powerful telescope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed them to create and to launch into space, we must understand and realize that for a disbeliever, a discovery of this nature is the objective. That is the objective. And there is where it ends for the disbeliever. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow them to discover that which is beyond this discovery, that which is far, far greater than this. For them, this is where it ends. But for a believer, for us, a discovery of this nature is only the beginning to discover something greater. It's a pointer, it's an ayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers, refers to it as in the Quran, a sign that points out to something far greater the greatest of all, that is, we look at it as an opportunity to find Allah, to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, in Surah Al-Najm, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this point, that for the disbeliever, that discovery is, the discovery is where it ends. They do not go beyond that. Allah refers to it as the mablaq. They reach a certain point, and that's where they stop. And you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this fact in Surah Al-Najm. Allah mentions it in the surah that is named after the star, the chapter of the star. This discovery has revealed to the world not only stars, but thousands of galaxies of stars. Allah says in Surah Al-Najm, the surah of the star, ذَلِكَ مَبْلَغُهُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ Allah says that is where the ilm takes them. Their knowledge, their worldly knowledge, it takes them up to that point. But for a believer, his knowledge is steered by wahi. He believes in Allah. So there is divinity and there is this divine message that takes that knowledge that he has about nature, that he has about the celestial world, that he has about the universe. What pushes him beyond the discovery? is his belief, iman in Allah. And that is the difference between the disbeliever and the believer. So for them, the discovery is the end point. And they may discover many much other galaxies and whatever else exists, celestial bodies and objects out there. But for us, we look beyond that. And that is the real objective for you and I. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, سَنُرِيهِمْ آيَاتِنَا فِي الْآفَاقِ Allah says, we'll show them. We'll show them our ayat. We will allow them and cause them to see, to discover. 
whether through the naked eye, whether it is through the Hubble Space Telescope, which was launched into space in 1990, in the 1900s, whether it is through the JW, the James Webb Space Telescope that revealed these images. Regardless of the means, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Sanurihim ayatina, we will cause them to see. Allah allows them to discover this, and this is what Allah is teaching us. Allah allows them to discover these great creations out there. Allah says, we'll show it to them. We'll cause them to see it. Through whichever means, where will they see it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, fil afaq. In the vast horizons out there, they will see it. What will they see? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they will see our ayat. Ayat is translated as signs. But ayat actually means pointers. Things that point you to a certain direction. You don't stop at the pointer, do you? If you are traveling from one destination to another destination, there are signboards along the way. There are pointers, there are markers, and marks that you use in order to reach your destination. You don't stop at the ayah. It's pointing you to a certain direction. Allah says, we are showing it to them. Allah wants them. Through such a discovery, through such a revelation, Allah wants them to be pointed towards Allah, to be directed towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Why does Allah allow them to discover whatever it is that they discover? Allah says, حَتَّى So that it becomes apparent and it becomes clear to them through these discoveries. What becomes clear to them and apparent to them? That the Qur'an is the haqq. The Qur'an is the haqq. It is the truth. We have spoken about it 1400 years ago. What you are discovering right now and what you might have discovered a few decades ago, when you discover it, go to the Qur'an. Compare it to the Qur'an. That's the whole idea. Subhanallah, the Qur'an spoke about it. Then you come to realize the Qur'an is haqq. The Qur'an is the truth. So we ask Allah to allow them to go beyond the marker, to go beyond the point. You know there are different sources of da'wah or different sources of guidance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in this world. The greatest source of guidance is wahi, divine revelation. Allah has sent anbiya, Allah has sent prophets, Allah has sent messengers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent divine scriptures. Undoubtedly that is the strongest source and avenue of guidance. But another source of guidance, powerful, very powerful and effective source of guidance are these discoveries that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows them to, to enjoy. Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi, rahimahullah, he comments on this ayah, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we will allow them to discover. We allow them to create the telescope, so that through that they'll discover, sunurihim, it will continue up to the day of Qiyamah, their scientific exploration or space exploration and scientific findings. Allah says, we will allow them to continue discovering and discovery. Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi, rahimahullah, he says, فَهُوَ تَعَالَى يُطْلِعُهُمْ عَلَى تِلْكَ الْعَجَائِبِ زَمَانًا فَزَمَانًا He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing them that He will allow them to discover the wonders out there that Allah has created every now and again. So in 1990, they sent up the Hubble Space Telescope and they made discoveries. That was in one zaman. And now in the year 2022, through the aid and the means of another telescope, 
they've made some more discoveries. And this is what he says, Allah will allow them to do that every now and again. And they will create another telescope in the future. And Allah will give them the opportunity to, to discover even more great things out there. It's the system of Allah that Allah has spoken of in this ayah. Imam Zamakhshari rahimahullah says, for you and I, what does this mean? For the believer, that's for the disbeliever. Alhamdulillah, we have guidance with us. So how do I view a discovery of this nature? How should I react? What does it do to me? So Imam Zamakhshari rahimahullah says, through this discovery, your conviction in Allah is strength. You get closer to Allah. If this is a speck of the creation of Allah, can you imagine? You cannot even imagine who is Allah. So he says a discovery of this nature for you and I, it establishes, strengthens and reinforces our conviction and yaqeen in Allah. He says, and your iman increases. When you see those images, and when you try and understand those images, and you see what the experts, when they analyze the images, and the things they speak about, subhanAllah, it only increases your iman. It brings you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now let us study ayat, verses of the Quran, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the celestial objects and cosmic bodies that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created out there. But there are two main points that must be emphasized. Number one, before we study these ayat and these verses of the Quran, we must understand that the Quran is a book of guidance, not a book of science. Yes, the scientific aspects in the Quran, as we alluded to earlier, those scientific aspects that Allah speak about in the Quran, are a means to that guidance. But the Quran itself is a book of guidance. Number two, science is man-made and it is therefore imperfect. And allow me to quote to you the words of the former chief scientific advisor to the UK, Lord May. And he once said about science, he said science is best represents skepticism. And science's results and conclusions have to be included. Science is not the arbiter of truth. All it can do is offer opinion, answers to certain questions that we ask of nature. Very senior scientist. And this is his, his view on science itself. Therefore, we will accept all scientific with the Quran, correspond with what the Quran says. However, when there is conflict between the two, as Muslims, between scientific finding the Quranic truth, then the Quran prevails and the Quran is ultimately the arbiter of truth. It is the arbiter of truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna arsalnaka bil haqq, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we have sent you with the haqq, the truth, and that is the Quran. Let us study some of those ayat that speak of the universe in general, and then certain ayat that speak of the celestial objects or the stars in particular. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the beginning of the universe. Allah says, أَوَلَمْ يَرَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Those, have they not observed the samawat, all the celestial bodies that exist, the cosmic world and the earth, the entire universe, Allah says they were ratq. The word Allah uses is ratq. What is Ibn Kathir rahimahullah says, The entire universe was a single huge compound. 
He says it was stuck together and it was stacked together, one lay above the other. This is what Ratkan means. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then further explains. He says, فَفَتَقْنَاهُمَا The entire universe, it was this mass compound, huge body that existed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and then we ripped them apart. فَفَتَقْنَاهُمَا Allah separated it into different independent bodies. So you have planets, you have galaxies, and many other celestial bodies and objects that Allah created. Astronomers believe in what they call the Big Bang, an occurrence that may be referring to what Allah describes over here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of, they were all one and then huma. We ripped them apart. But what caused this explosion? According to astronomers, according to the scientists, what caused this explosion is a mystery according to them. But it's not a mystery to us. Because Allah says, فَتَقْنَاهُمَا We did it. We caused it to burst apart and become independent bodies out there in the, in, in the universe. In Surah Dariyat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains, Allah says, the sama, the sky, the universe, we built it with great might and we are certainly expanding it. The Musi'un. Scientists have suggested that after the Big Bang, after the explosion, the universe expanded and stretched large as it is right now. In fact, they say that it is still stretching. If you look at, if you look at this verse of the Quran and you'll appreciate it if you have some basic knowledge about Arabic, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He explains the stretching of the universe, right, the expanding of the universe, Allah says, we are responsible for that, for stretching it, Musi'un. But you see, Allah has used the active participle here, Musi'un. Allah says, we are the stretchers. And when do you have an active participle in ish to denote continuity? That it, we are expanding it and stretching it and stretching it continues in that. Allah is the Quran. 1400 years ago, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about this continuous stretching and expanding of the universe. And while they consider it a mystery, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we are responsible for that. What does the Quran say about the stars? In the Quran, there are different names that are used for stars. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used the term kawkab. When he came up to his father, inni ra'aytu ahada ashara kawkaban. Allah has used the word naj. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shihab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describing another star has used the term thaqib. Allah uses a metaphor for the star. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to the star as a misbah or masabih, lanterns. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described certain stars as rujum, masars, that of, of the atmosphere. Allah says in the Quran, Inna ilaha, your ilah is one. Rabbu samawat wal ardi wa ma baynahuma. Allah is the Rabb of the heavens and the earth. And whatever is scattered between the two. Allah says, we have adorned the worldly sky. We have adorned it with the adornment and the beauty of the kawakib, the many stars, billions and billions of stars out there. Allah uses nujum. Allah says, it is Allah who has created the nujum, the stars for you. Allah has made subservient to you night and day. وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ The sun and the moon. وَالنُّجُومِ And the stars. مُسَخَّرَاتٌ بِأَمْرِهِ 
are subservient to Allah. Najm, Allah speaks of a najm, the star. This mighty, mighty creations of Allah. Allah says they make sujood to Allah. What about you and me? We are we these are mighty creations of Allah. And they willingly make sujood to Allah. They never defy or go against the commandment of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says on the day of Qiyamah, Yawma yukshafu ansaq, wa ila sujood, fala yastati'oon. There will be people on the day of Qiyamah when Allah will reveal Himself, they will be all be instructed to fall in sujood, but there will be people who will not be able to prostrate as much as they would want to. They say they'll fall over backwards. Khashiatan absaruhum. At that point, they'll be so embarrassed. Tarhaquhum dillah. Humiliation will be all over their faces. Why will they not be able to prostrate on that occasion? Allah says, Because in the dunya, when they were well, when they were healthy, when they were secure, when they were strong, and they were called, and adhan was given to them, that come and make sujood, they refused to make sujood. These mighty creations of Allah, as mighty and as great and as powerful as they are, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they never, ever go against the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Prostrate before Allah even though they have no accountability. They do not have to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and answer for anything that occurred during their existence. وَلَقَدْ جَعَلْنَا فِي السَّمَاءِ بُرُوجًا وَزَيَّنَّاهَا لِلنَّاظِرِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we have created constellations in the heavens, groups and groups of stars. وَلَقَدْ زَيَّنَّا السَّمَاءَ الدُّنْيَا بِمَصَابِيعِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala metaphor for the stars. He calls the stars and he refers to the stars as lanterns that are burning in space. So the idea and the lesson for you and I is you have these really great creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah has brought in existence. What, what am I in comparison to that? You know when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the universe, and when Allah brought the, brought the universe into existence, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed both the heavens and the earth, the entire creation, or the entire universe, Allah ta'ala had said, laha walil ard. Allah said to the heavens and the earth, the entire universe, Allah said to them, aw karha. Come before Allah. Come before Allah willingly or unwillingly. The entire universe, what did they submit? Oh Allah, we will come to you willingly. How can I consider myself to be anything? Regardless of the amount of wealth that I have, the knowledge that I possess, the level of spirituality that I enjoy, the skill that I may have acquired, the position that I assume, how can I, in comparison to these creations of Allah, how can I ever regard myself better than anyone? How can I suffer from a superiority complex? How can I ever look down on anyone else? In comparison, compare yourself to these huge creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, I always need like another three hours for uh, my message. But we got a nikah today. Alhamdulillah, someone's going to be a star. Where is our bright bro? Shining, my brother, star. Allah keep you shining. Allah keep you smiling. You're about to step into this. Galaxy doesn't turn into a falling star, inshallah. I'll just conclude with some of the details that were shared with us when this uh, James Webb telescope 
release certain uh, images. And most of us might have seen those images, mashallah, and we might have been fascinated by them. This telescope, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed them, is the largest optical telescope in space right now. It was 25th of December 2021. Construction of this telescope completed at a total cost of 10 billion US dollars. It can detect objects up to a hundred times fainter than Hubble can. We spoke about the Hubble. The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed them to release in space. And it can detect objects much earlier. We might have all seen uh, that one particular image, right? Where you had like, when I first looked at it, I thought, well, it's a whole lot of stars, right? And in the center, there was like this one shining star. Subhanallah, the experts say that that is thousands of, not stars, but galaxies of stars. And they're all surrounded around that one bright looking star. That's not a bright looking star. That's huge galaxy of stars. Subhanallah. Without this, you only imagine how insignificant I am and how great my Allah is. And now when you say Allahu Akbar, Allah oh, is meaning in that. Allahu Akbar. We are amazed at the greatness of the stars and these galaxies and whatever else is out there. But Allahu Akbar. Allah is far beyond, above, and greater than any of His creation. This telescope is about 1.5 away from Earth. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to learn from this. There's so much to learn. You know, you can, you can, you think about Allah's beauty. When you see the beauty out there, can you imagine how beautiful Allah is? Rasulullah sallallahu says, Inna Allah jameel. Allah is really beautiful. Do you know the greatest bounty that you will enjoy is not Jannatun Firdaus is the ability to behold Allah's beauty, to see Allah's beauty. The Prophet says in Jannah, in fact it comes in Surah to Yaseen, you will be occupied with all the comforts, all the luxury, all the pleasures that Jannah will have to offer. And then you'll hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making salam. Salamun qawlam min rabbir rahim. You'll look up and you'll see Allah. And you'll remain transfixed for 80,000 thousand years observing Allah's beauty. And do you know the greatest punishment in Akhirah is what? To be deprived of seeing Allah. Allah speaks of it as a punishment. Not being able to see Allah is a punishment in Akhirah. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to behold His beauty. For you and I the greatest. Take away a few. Right? Number one we said it's a pointer that makes you want to know more about Allah. We all might have read so much about this discovery. But did it take me beyond that to learn more about Allah? Allah's greatness, Allah's forgiveness, Allah's magnanimity, Allah's majesty. Did it take me one step further in that direction? And number two, to realize how small and insignificant uh, I really am. And that does not give me the right to assume supremacy or have the sense of supremacy over any other creation of Allah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the understanding. Inshallah the nikah will take place and then we'll continue with normal proceedings. In the nikah parties, please <coughs> represent Bride's representative, Irshad Idris. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Brother Irshad, you are the representative of the bride, Sister Alia Idris. Have you obtained her permission to have her nikah performed to Brother Ismail Ghani? The representative or the witnesses to the representation, Imran Idris and Brother Yusuf Muhammad. The mahar, the dowry that was agreed between the parties and the amount that was fixed is one kruga court. Brother Irshad Idris, do I have your permission to perform this? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ghfiru wa na'udhu bil Allahumma 
ومن يضلله فلا هادي له وأشهد إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحم إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم النكاح من سنتي وقال فمن رغب عن سنتي فليس مني ونسأل الله ربنا أن يجعلنا ممن يطيعه ويطيع ويتبع رضوانه ويجتنب سخطه فإنما نحن به وله Brother Ismail Ghani With the permission of the representative of the bride Brother, I hand over to you in your nikah Sister Alia Idris have you accepted her in your nikah as your wife? Say nikah to her, wa qabil to her. Barakallahu lakuma wa baraka alaykuma wa jama'a baynakuma fil khair. Insha'Allah the signing will take place after the sunnah salah. One request, um, please do allow the bridegroom to make his way out to the sehen area, the courtyard of the masjid, and over there you can congratulate him, insha'Allah, so that those who are praying the sunnah salah in the masjid are not. We may read our sunnah, insha'Allah.